Do you want to um, try and give me an I don't get it? I don't get it. Thank you. <laughs> I don't get it. No, we both are wrong. No, I love you. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to I Don't Get It. We are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Fonda. Paul's away this week. Um, but we have something a little different coming your way. Uh, things happening around town lately have been making us feel well. Uh, a little nostalgic, and in light of the approaching holidays, we thought it would be fun to do a flashback episode to a couple of our favorite conversations where we talked about, what else? The Nutcracker. Today you're going to hear about the time in 2014 when Alberta Ballet actually invited Paul and I to be on stage in the Act One party scene, uh, and I got to fangirl all over Kelly McKinley, and then you'll hear the interview we did in 2017 with two bright young things named Liam and Zara, uh, who I caught in costume on dress rehearsal day at the Jubilee Auditorium. Uh, they were preparing for their roles in the children's chorus for the show. So despite how much fun we make of the Nutcracker each year, the show is embraced by dancers and audiences around the world. And with these clips, we think um, really highlight the fondness for um, one of ballet's most iconic scores. And you'll actually get to hear some of the score in the first clip. So with that, here are our favorite Nutcracker memories from I Don't Get It. I Don't Get It. We're talking about the Nutcracker on this this hallowed December podcast. Yes, yes. Um, it was a it was a pretty special Nutcracker for us, for actually. Us, um, um, yeah, because we were in it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, as background in in a party scene. Yeah. So the 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 first half of the Nutcracker features a big party scene with lots of kids and presents and things like that, and we were some of the guests at the party. How did that happen, Fonda? How did we find ourselves on the Jubilee stage? I really don't know, but the lovely people at Alberta Valley invited us to um, to be part of it. I think that uh, this is something that a lot of the Nutcracker productions do because it's a rather, it's a big party scene. There's a lot of room on stage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they'll invite, you know, like media or, or politicians or whoever um, is kind of, you know, like celebrities, local a, celebrities, a, a, B, a not, B or C list celebrity. Yeah, not us, not us, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, they thought that it would be um, fun for us to go. And we went and it was actually very neat. Um, to see the the backstage and how yeah. all of that works, the uh, the lady um, or the costume fitter who was working with us, Michelle. Michelle Thank you, Michelle. Michelle was excellent um, and had to help me get in and out of the dress. It was almost a three person job. Sure. How do you how do you describe the dress? So the dress was this big gold thing. There was it, it had probably I don't know five or six actual parts to it, but they were all sewn together. Um, so you step into it and there's, I don't know, probably like two dozen hook and eye in pieces in the back where you have to do it up. And then there was a big choker and a big feather in my hair and poofy sleeves. And it was really fun to wear. I couldn't sit down in it. Okay, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, was, and it was very gold, super gold. Right. Yeah, and then and then we were uh, in in once gussied up. Uh, we were we were sort of in in the background of this party scene. We were sort of hanging out uh, behind a curtain while the first scene was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was us. It was a fellow from TD Bank as the other guest. 
Yeah, um, yeah. His name was Greg. Right? Greg. Yeah, yeah. Greg was cool. And then, then we were also sort of assigned a dance escort, I guess, to make sure we didn't actually get in the way of any choreography. Yes, and our so I, I kind of referred to him as our handler. Oh yeah. He was, yeah. His name was Eli Barnes. He was fantastic. So we were on stage. The party scene is actually quite long. It's about twenty minutes long, and so we were kind of on stage doing background things that entire time. Yeah, gestures, a lot of faux gestures and real gestures and just just watching the ballet but from within it yeah the one um thing that i found was interesting that you could do in the ballet but not in other theater productions where you know if you're in a large town scene or something Mm -hmm. like that if you're if it's a theater production usually you're not actually really allowed to talk to each other or crack jokes but in this one because you know the music is is the main the main sound that everybody hears you can actually sort of whisper and and chat with the other people on stage so you're cracking jokes about how scary some of the costumes looked. Sure, yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. So, so what would you say you observed as as part of as being part of the the ballet? What did you, what did you sort of take from from that experience? Would you say being part of it? I think was um, was interesting. I was surprised at how loose it was. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, it was very much improvised uh, in, in, as part of the background scene. But what also I appreciated and didn't really think about that much. Um, prior to this was how, I don't know, the 200 costumes that are in this production are also very well choreographed in terms of where they are backstage at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because we were just a very small part of it, but I felt like we had, I don't know, so many people who were actually handling us handling us and making sure that we knew we'd what to do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i found uh to go on the looseness you were you were sort of talking about um the nutcracker i I get the sense that for dancers it's sort of like i mean it's the production everyone does it makes a ton of money for for the ballet it helps keep them going Mm -hmm. so so the vibe is pretty like it's not like the most taxing art in the world i think for Mm -hmm. anyone to do so even backstage sort of before the the show began it seemed like everyone was pretty chill everyone was just sort of looking to have fun there were lots of jokes yeah it's choreography Um, that they know um like they've been doing this version of the nutcracker alberta ballet has been doing it for eight years now so they're all very familiar with how it works and what goes on and if you look at even the um the casting changes that happen throughout the run of six performances, mm-hmm. there are so many more changes than would happen in a nor- in one of the regular ballets, like where, say, one or two principals play a character and that's it. Um, in this production, you'll have, like, maybe four or five even that sure, are taking yeah. on the role of, you know, Clara or, or the Russian dancers or anything like that. Right, right, because it's, it's, yeah, it just felt a little more interchangeable, a little like, mm-hmm. a little more like, yep, it's the Nutcracker, here we go. Yeah, Let's there's like thing. four Sugar Plum Fairies and three Claras mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And also a cast of 75 young kids from um, dance schools around Edmonton and area who are, you know, making their big ballet debut first, on the yeah. on the jube stage much like us much like we did although we were not really dancing at all <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so i mean it's of course it's really exciting for kids uh to be in the in the big show with the professional ballet dancers and all that kind of stuff too right okay so that was act one our 20 minutes of it um yeah. but we actually get to got to watch act two yeah um which for me was 
slightly jarring, only because um, I've never seen a Nutcracker before. But all of the things I know about the Nutcracker, plot-wise, costume-wise, visually, are all in the first half, you know? Mm -hmm. So the second half was like uh, seemed like a totally detached from my mental concept of what the Nutcracker was, because they're on they're on tour, they're sort of in a foreign land, they're, mm-hmm. it's not winter, you know, yeah, uh, there's yeah. no, there's nary a rat king to be seen. Yeah, they go from this sort of land of, um, you know, Clara's home with her parents, and it's winter, and uh, the, the Alberta Ballet's version is set in a sort of Russian aristocracy. Sure, like, yeah. Or, yeah, or Russian, Russian style. Um, so then they, then, you know, the second half really is like Clara's dream. They go to the land of sweets, and there's a whole bunch of, and what, what surprises me that every time I hear that everyone, you know, about the difference between the first act and the second act, the second act has all of the music that everybody fr- knows. Fr- it has the Nutcracker suite in yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, there were so many points when it was like, oh, that's from the trailer from Home Alone too. That's <laughs> from that episode of The Simpsons. There was a lot of music I recognized, even if visually it was uh, not what I was expecting. The music was absolutely le- very, very familiar. And it shows, I guess, how uh, how important that score was or how often pulled from that score was, maybe. Yeah, so a little bit of dance geek history here. Um, Hit it. Yeah, Tchaikovsky composed The Nutcracker in 1892. He did it as part of a commission. Apparently, he really didn't like it. He didn't, um, he didn't like doing the job as much, but eventually ended up pl- plowing through and creating this incredible suite in the second half which is about 20-25 minutes long and it has um, the Spanish dancers, the Arabian dancers, Chinese dancers, the Russian dancers which is probably the biggest flourish, Christmas Mm -hmm. flourish that you can remember Um, and then the dance of the flowers and the sugar plum fairy so all of these I guess maybe six movements that when they get knit together it's one of the most famous pieces of music done for ballet um, ever Sure. so um it, the Nutcracker premieres again in ni- 1892, and it's a total flop. The Russian audiences didn't really like it. And I think it was mostly because the dancing wasn't that great, and they didn't really... Um, I think there, there were kids in it in the first uh in, in the first show and they didn't really start casting adults as in, in like Clara's role and things like that until much later but poor Tchaikovsky ended up kicking it he died the year after and so he never really saw the big success that the Nutcracker would become I don't know it, like 20 or 30 years later ballet companies started picking it up and really thinking well hey and it became so why, why is it this Christmas tradition why is it gone from a, a total flop do you think or a, a partial flop at least to something that is done by not just the Alberta Ballet, but sort of across the across the Western world, and so held up as this this annual tradition. This is something that I like. This is just a guess, really. Okay. But I think it's because there's a lot of moving parts, okay. um, and they're really short, mm. so they can be taught and and kind of farmed out um, to different groups. Like I've seen Nutcrackers where um, a bunch of schools will band together to do the whole show, but only certain groups are doing right, each piece, okay. right? So it's easy to get a lot of people to do different things or, or to do the different sections. Sure, so big mm-hmm. big production, lots of moving parts that can sort of be detached and assigned and delegated. Yeah, maybe. yeah, they can, be, they can be really, really well isolated mm-hmm. because those pieces of music, especially in the suite, are, I don't know, maybe four or five minutes long, right? Sure, yeah, okay, and so, yeah, there's that, and also then you can, by doing that, you have a big spectacle um, that that is 
relatively, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call it easy to put on, but yeah, you can delegate parts and sort of the dancing isn't the most taxing in the world, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you've got this big spectacle uh, that is relatively easier easy to make yeah or produce yeah i wouldn't say like the dancing I wouldn't say easy i want to yeah. i want to clarify i'm not saying anything look easy well i think but... it's it is easier in the way that it, if you're learning a dance that's shorter and mm-hmm. you learn all of these different sections that are like quite short and sweet and they have their own style and everything like that and they can be very well isolated mm-hmm. they can be rehearsed in isolation all that stuff so i think in those ways it is easier to put on the nutcracker also because every ballet dancer is really familiar with the Nutcracker since a very young age. Right. The choreography may not always be exactly the same. Like Alberta Ballet's is choreographed by Edmund Stripe, um, and I thought I thought that um, quite a few of the pieces in the suite actually were really nicely done. Like the Arabian dance was really beautiful. Um, this this Sugar Plum Fairy dance was very nice. The footwork was really delicate and. Um, and interesting so you know in in those ways yes each nutcracker production can be unique um but yeah i think that also just being able to parse out each of those sections so cleanly mm-hmm. really does lend to um a much a much simpler kind of add water production right yeah. and i mean and this this production this alberta ballet production tours beyond even the usual alberta ballet productions which do edmonton and calgary this one sort of alternates between going to ottawa or vancouver every other year um and and it seems to be yeah because it's this big production that that is easy to ship and uh, uh possible to ship to different parts and without losing that sense of spectacle mm-hmm. or without having to do an incredible amount of retooling every time you go to a new place. There's a new children's cast in every city. Yep. But other than that, everything else is pretty pretty set in stone. Mm-hmm. And these kids, like, they rehearse in their own ballet schools or their own dance schools since, like, you know, October. Mm-hmm. So they're they're really prepping. It's a big part of their lives for a while. But I guess never having seen the Nutcracker before Ever. this, Paul, mm-hmm. um, what what did you actually think of the dancing in it? Sure. Well, I mean, like I said, when, what I got to actually see... Um, um, from the from the audience was different from what I was expecting. It was uh, uh, it felt like showcasey, I guess, and partly because it was sort of those parcelled outs. Partly because the plot literally was um, in the land of sweets. They're being presented with all these gifts, so it's it's these different different styles in sort of short bursts. Um, yeah, I found um, I found it was uh, yeah, there was a lot of variety. Sometimes I thought the music was a lot more forceful, perhaps, than than the actual dancing was. Um, and in terms of its energy and and uh, and how it was coming across, uh, the variety was good. The variety was was interesting to take in, um, uh, and again was sort of unexpected for like, oh, not a rat king, not a not a nutcracker fight scene. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was so it was uh, it was I guess interesting to see to finally see what all the fuss is about for mm-hmm. me, and to be able to say, oh, it is these sort of like shorter pieces. It's sort of it's very varied. Um, it's a lot of different styles of dance. It's a lot of different costuming styles, um, and all framed in in a lot of set and design and production. Uh, yeah, which sort of sells it, I think. Uh, yeah, we brought I brought friends um, because they gave us comps. Yeah, um, they're like you're gonna be in the show. You can have some friends. So so I brought friends who also have no idea, um, who who aren't ballet or dance aficionados, um, and I think I think they they enjoyed the that sense of variety as well. They mm-hmm. didn't get sort of stuck in one style or 
or genre. And maybe that's another reason why it's so enduring and capable of making so much income and generating so much revenue for ballet companies is even to someone who, who isn't that familiar with dance, they get sort of a sampler platter of a lot of different takes of ballet or a lot of different styles of ballet. It's not watching one particular style done for an extended period. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I guess too, it, I mean, there are parallels in the theater world. Like the sure. Christmas Carol is the cash cow for a lot of th big theater companies right, right. in a lot of cities. So um, I read some statistics somewhere that the Nutcracker is actually responsible for about 40% of the profits of any um, any professional dance company in North America. Just think about that. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's almost <laughs> half of their income comes from this one show, which is so much spectacle. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, it has just proven this enduring thing. Yeah, I mean, and I think, too, for a lot of people, um, like audience members especially, even when we came down and were sitting in the audience, there were a lot of kids, a lot of families who have made this sort of like a tradition. Yeah. So they go see it every year, even though they probably never see any other ballet or dance the rest of the year, people will still go see the Nutcracker because it's a holiday tradition. It is the thing. It is the thing. Yeah. So, Great. well, I guess um, that was our experience in the Nutcracker. Again, we do really want to thank Alberta Ballet because it was a super fun fun opportunity to um, see the behind the scenes and yeah. how it all went together and thanks to Eli Barnes <laughs> and showing us around yeah. keeping us out of the way showing of us around making groups sure of children. we didn't get run over by grandpa in the wheelchair yeah yeah there was a lot of great points when he'd just be like and now we're going to move to the other side of the stage because in about 30 seconds you know there's going to be a horde of kids running through or grandpa's going to parade through in a wheelchair yeah and, or, uh, or um oh, yes as, as we went off stage um our, our scene was sort of done then there were like this horde of children dressed as mice. Whoa, yeah. They were they were very realistic looking mice. Terrifying <laughs> costumes up close. Yeah, so it was um, overall it was really great fun. Um, thanks to Danielle Bartha with um, Alberta Ballet as well, and to Michelle who dressed us. Yes, who it was, made us look good. It was great. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by the Otherwise Show podcast. In the most recent episode, the hosts explore the significance of land acknowledgement, what it means to be a treaty person as a newcomer and immigrant, and the relationship between newcomers and Indigenous communities. To listen and for more info, visit otherwiseshow.com. I was terrified to interview children, to be honest. Okay. Um, but Why? Because they're so honest. Mm. And I, my first question to them was, do you know what a podcast is? And they're like, yes, of course we do, you idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this got off to a great start. Here we go. <laughs> uh, no, but I talked to two uh, kids, Zara Brad Slippitz and Liam Montgomery. Uh, they were wonderful interview subjects. And uh, yeah, well, 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 how about we just let everyone listen to that? Let's throw to that bit now. Boom. We're here at um, Alberta Ballet's uh, with a Nutcracker dress rehearsal with a couple of cast members. And uh, if I could just get you to introduce yourselves and tell me your ages and what roles you're playing in the ballet. My name is Zara. I'm 12 years old and this year I am a party boy. Okay. And how about you? My name is Liam and I am eight years old and I am a mouse. Okay, great. And so, um, can you tell me a little bit about what the uh, party boy role does? <laughs> well, the party boys pretty much just run around and have fun mm -hmm. at a party. At a party. At the party at the beginning, right? At Clara's house? Yes. Okay. And how about you? What, what do you do as a mouse? We're 
crawling around, scratching up chairs and stools. I think we might be looking for cheese, and then I think we are under a spell of the Rat King, and then we try to attack Clara. Oh my! So when you attack, what sort of things are you doing? Are you actually going after? We're jumping up, and we're running, and we're crawling after her. Okay. Um, so uh, the people at the ballet were telling me that you guys have done shows before on the Jubilee stage. Can you tell me about um, the roles that you've played before? We'll start with you. I have, I'm, have been a hedgehog in Alice in Wonderland, and I roll around. <laughs> And I think that's what I did. That's all. Okay, Hannah, how about you? This is my fourth year in the Nutcracker. I've been a mouse, a party girl twice, and now I'm a party boy. And I've also had the opportunity to dance in Our Canada. Our Canada. Oh, and what was that? Um, it's a ballet about um, Canada's 150th birthday, choreographed by Jean Grandmaitre. Oh wow! Very cool. And that was that early. That must have been earlier this year, of course, in the 150. Yes, this was last year in about April, May. Okay, great. Um, and so you've been in the in the Nutcracker for a number of years. Then, um, have you had a favorite part or a favorite scene that you've gotten to do? Well, I really liked being a party girl because you just get to dance ballet. <laughs> and how about you? I I kind of liked the. I kind of liked rolling around and crawling. No, no, I liked crawling around. I like crawling around sometimes, and I like jumping. Yeah, so I guess being a mouse sort of suits you then, if you like crawling yeah. around. Yeah, I see you're wearing um, quite the quite the headpiece there. It's a big mouse mask. So can you show me what it looks like when you turn it down? So you can see your eyes. and it, Whoa, that really covers you. So you can kind of see through the nose part and everything. Oh, well, that's great. Is it comfortable? It looks kind of itchy. It's comfortable, but it, but it can get a bit hot when you're wearing the full costume. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, do you have any favorite costumes that you've been able to wear during these performances? Well, last year, my dress as a party girl was really beautiful, and I loved it. It was orange with some green. Wow, and how do you feel about the party boy getup? Is this party boy? No, this looks more like a soldier. Well, I do look like a, a bit like a bellboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the wig's a bit itchy, but it, it's nice. Mm-hmm. So what kind of stuff do you guys have to do to prepare to be in the Nutcracker? How do your classes change, or what do you do differently than you do throughout the year? Well, there's a rehearsal every Sunday, starting at the beginning of October, and... They're, at least for the party kids, they're about three or four hours long. So it takes a lot of preparation. You have to learn all the different parts. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you're probably one of the older kids I can see here um, in the ballet. Do you, have to, do, do you find you have to kind of watch out for the younger ones or give them some advice on what to do? <laughs> yeah, definitely, because they've never done this before, so it's all new to them. And they're excited, so they kind of just want to run all over the place. But especially backstage, it can be dangerous because there's so many huge set pieces moving and you don't want to hurt yourself. Right. Yeah, I was going to I wanted to ask, what is it like backstage? So because you have quite a big part in the first half of the ballet, right? So what what is the what is the whole show like from the backside? Um, it, 
it's got it's a big room kind of at least one part of it is it's some of and but by the curtains it's it's got all the lights and it's got places where the props go mm-hmm. when the prop where the props props come in and out yeah yeah and so what sort of things are you doing backstage while you're either waiting for your next scene or when you're done for for the show well, I'd say the most important thing when you're waiting backstage is to make sure you're not in anyone's way because especially with a huge ballet like this, there's people running around from one side to the stage to the other or going to change their costumes. And this one, the, there's many wonderful sets that are moving around all the time to create the magic of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think it is a, probably a pretty magical show. Um, and the Nutcracker is one of the most widely produced ballets. Almost every company does it every year. So what do you think it is about the Nutcracker that makes it so special? Why do you think people like it so much? Um, I think because it's, it's an original Christmas story kind of. And and it's it and nutcrackers are some people use them for Christmas decorations and. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's because it's such a very family-friendly ballet, and a lot of people take their kids to see it. And I know that when I would come see it when I was younger, I wanted to be just like the ballerinas on stage. And now you are. That's great. Um, so, well, yeah, what is your, um, I mean, of course there's the scenes that you're in, but what are your favorite parts of the Nutcracker Ballet? Because you've obviously seen the whole show before. I kind of like when when they're at the palace. The, I think it was the ice palace. I kind of like the sleigh scene when, there's, when, when they're dancing and they're on the sleigh. Yeah, that's a really pretty scene, isn't it? How about you? Yes, the snow scene is probably one of my favorite scenes, too, because it really portrays Canada because it's very cold here. <laughs> um, and the effects that they use to make it just look magical. Yeah, well, so what kind of effects are they using? It's, it's mostly like sparkles and lights and stuff, right? Well, yeah, Um the lighting definitely changes from a more warmer tone to cooler tones to make it look sort of blue and icy. And then there's actual, like, little pieces of paper falling from the sky <laughs> to be in pretend snow. So um, what is your regular uh, dancing schedule like? I mean, I know you have extra rehearsals for the Nutcracker, but how, of- how often are your classes throughout the year? Well, I normally dance Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. That's like that's almost every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how about you? Usually I dance Saturday and and Monday, but because of the Nutcracker, I dance Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So an extra day. Wow. And so, um, if if you have any aspirations to carry on with the ballet, are there any roles that you dream of playing or ballets that you would really like to be in? I kind of like to be the Nutcracker or the Rat King because I like I like the Nutcracker's mask and I like the Rat King's staff because it has those purple lights on the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it and the lights, I th- they look really cool when they're on, and it looks kind of shiny when 
when it when it's on and it has the I think it's plastic around it. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of looks really cool. You get a cool prop. You don't find the Rat King kind of a little bit creepy or scary? No. I think he looks a bit cute. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. How about you? Well, I would either be the Snow Queen or the Sugar Plum Fairy because the Snow Queen, I love the way that she just floats across the stage and it looks like she's just floating across. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the Sugar Plum Fairy because it's such an iconic role and I feel like every aspiring ballet dancer would love to portray that role. For sure. Sugar Plum Fairy is pretty classic. It's up there with Swan Lake, right? So um, are there any dancers in Alberta Ballet that you know well or that you would like admire? Well, I really admire Tanya Schumach because she has been my stage mom in the party scene for the past three, this is my third year, and we've definitely developed a nice relationship. That's nice. You know anyone you want to talk about in the ballet? I don't know anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Zara and Liam, thank you so much. It was really great to chat with you, and I'm really glad I got to see you in costume, too. On the most recent episode of the Well Endowed podcast, the team speaks with Nicole Smith about the Sage Seniors Association and some of the challenges that senior women in Edmonton are facing. And Edmonton Community Foundation CEO Martin Garber Conrad talks about giving during the holiday season and his approach to teaching one young person about philanthropy. For more info about Edmonton Community Foundation and its podcast, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. So thanks for um, enjoying that with us. Uh, It's nice to take a trip down memory lane once in a while now that we've been doing this for five whole years. Um, Also, special thanks to Alberta Ballet for, um, you know, allowing us to be on stage that one time and for um, uh, helping us set up the interview with Liam and Zara as well. Um, So for now, I've got a few listings for you. It is um, your last chance this year to catch the Citadel's Christmas Carol, at least this version of the production. Uh, That's running until December 23rd. Forte Dance Creations Solo 70 is happening on December 14th and 15th in the Theatre Lab at Allard Hall. Oh Christmas Tree starts up this week at the Roxy on Gateway, which features Laura Brovold and Colin Doyle. Um, and Mile Zero Dance's Melt, a prefix for prayer by James Viveros from Montreal, uh, runs December 14th and 15th as well at Spazio Performativo. And for one more nutcracker uh, chance that you can see now that Alberta Ballets is actually wrapped up in Edmonton, you can catch Shumka's Nutcracker, formerly known as Clara's Dream, um, on December 22nd and 23rd at the Jubilee Auditorium. Well, that's all for now, everyone. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, go see some Christmas stuff. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blinoff. Sit here thinking about love.